one of my favorite things to do is just that's why we started to provide a platform for other people to tell their story like I, me and kevin are both thoroughly convinced that solving suicide could be like 90 percent of the suicides could be solved if we just listened like <laughs> just sat down and listened to people talk is people just want to talk for a little bit be heard not have to have someone say you should do this instead because you go to your parents you talk to them it's great but you end up getting you should do this why would you do this like you get instructions we just want to we just want to listen you know <laughs> like, the lectures are real <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah my parents are hardcore catholics and oh it's a it's it's a tough one. I love them to death, and uh, the lectures sometimes are a little bit too much. So it's uh, I, I still follow. I still believe in a higher power, but I believe in my in my own twisted way, I guess, in a sense. Yeah, I I've been going to Catholic church for about a month now, and you <laughs> see right away, right away, there is so much like like rules, and then like the the stuff you're supposed to say too yeah it's it's structure man <laughs> yeah it's like okay this is kind of intimidating for me i don't like everyone else in the joint is doing this <laughs> yeah. it's like i don't even know if i can receive communion or whatever right and it's like this this is a lot to take in right yeah here. dude i did the same thing i went to a greek orthodox and they were like they were speaking greek and then english and i'm like dude i don't even know what you're saying in english <laughs> i got no idea Hey, showing up is half the battle. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I will say for all the for all the me looking like a fool, not knowing what to do, right? I've mm -hmm. never been told like I I'll sorry, rephrase. I've never felt anything else but like love and compassion from everyone else there too. That's good. I love to hear that. That's uh it speaks a lot. <laughs> it speaks yeah. well. It's a, it's a great environment, I will say. But yeah. A lot of rules and I I could see why you'd be like you know, maybe all these rules ain't for me, but I'm take me a different <laughs> path. yeah, like I, I like uh, well, I used to, I used to like uh, marijuana a lot, so that was one of those things that <laughs> oh, I felt like an outcast, right? I felt yeah. like like I can't keep going and, and showing up if I'm smoking the devil's lettuce, right? Yeah, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, I've made my peace with it, you know, it's uh, it's a once in a while I've struggled with alcoholism. Yeah, um, that was that was one of the toughest battles I've ever had. Um, made me lose everything, really. Man. And um, so seven years of back, uh, well, back and forth from because um, I, I enlisted as National Guard. So I enlisted 17 years old, did the split option, um, went to boot camp between my junior and senior year, came back, finished my senior year and went back for AIT. But my time started rolling as soon as I enlisted, as soon as I signed up. Wow. So I actually enlisted in 20, November 2020 or 2012. So oh. I did almost seven years. I uh, got out, got actually got a BCD, a uh, bad conduct discharge for being a Hoonigan. <laughs> what the heck? You seem like a cool dude to me. Shit. So here's um, that, that's where there were that's where some of my story starts there too. Oh, um, bro, we right. should run the intro then. Yeah, Trey. Let's get into intro. this, dude. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, welcome back, everybody. Episode 54. Steady moving up to episode 100, man. Getting closer and closer. But this week we got Carlos on. Carlos, thanks for reaching out, man. We love having guests on. It's, I mean, it, it makes our job a lot easier when y'all reach out to us. So we appreciate it. Thanks for filling out the form and uh, thanks for having ready me. to get into it, man. Ready to get. How you feeling today? Oh man, it's been um too much energy. <laughs> too yeah. Much this opportunity uh just to tell people my story and to tell people that you know our, our mind's stronger than we ever know you know i um uh, you can be on your last leg thinking i'm done this is it my life is over but then tomorrow comes mm -hmm. right you think today's my last day i can't keep going you go to sleep you wake up it's another day <laughs> back it's, at it it's just back at it and it's like how well why am i gonna make myself miserable when i can just keep going yeah. see how far i can get see how far how low can i get and come back from that low point yeah you know, sure. okay okay taking myself out of the hole starting over again just i don't know life 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 is awesome <laughs> yeah yeah, Kev, how you feeling today, man? I am hungry. This is all I've had to eat today is a pack of pretzels. And I could really go for a story right now from Carlos. So very <laughs> thankful to have him on, and I'm pumped for this episode. Yeah, all right. <laughs> well, had school today. Hopefully we have uh, this guest on, but ran into somebody at school today and was able to share the uh, podcast with them, and they were just grateful. Ended up saying, uh, never thought anyone other than God or my husband would want to hear my story. So I'm very appreciative. So feels really good. Um, me, like I said, me and Kevin are here, here to share stories, here to listen. And yeah, Carlos, uh, you want to take it away with, with why you, uh, why you enlisted at 17? Yo. So, <laughs> so I'm actually, I was actually born in Mexico. Okay. Um, I was uh, brought to the United States when I was maybe five, six years old. Uh, my mom remarried. Uh, my real drug was a my real dad was a kid <laughs> addict. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's some shit I would say. <laughs> so yeah, my dad was a drug addict. So my mom's best option was to just take me as far as possible from him. Um, so they didn't fall into his footsteps. And um, my mom remarried in El Paso, Texas. I was there till I was maybe 12. Um, and then the rest of that was in uh, north of Amarillo, Texas, a small town called Dumas. Um, it, was, uh, it was small, maybe 12,000 people, 14,000 people, if I can guess. And... Um, Life was hard in, in a small town. I didn't fit in. I was always the outcast. Um, I had so much resentment and, and pent up uh, anger growing up. So I would take it out on people, take it out on the teachers. Uh, it's a miracle I even finished high school, man. <laughs> but the principal was like, you're out. Like, I don't want you in my school anymore. I was like, you're out of here. I was like, all right, man. I, well, I got to finish school somehow because I, I already have a contract with the military. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I enlisted at 17 uh, in my junior year in high school. Uh, I saw some of my buddies doing it, and I was like, well, I want to I get fast-tracked. 
right? I want to go. I want. I, I want things fast. I want to go with it. And um, the recruiter was like, "Yeah, you get some of your buddies to to sign up, and I'll get you in as a E three." So I was like, "Wow! Like I'm already. I'm I'm a junior. I'm 17 years old. I'm going between my uh, junior and senior year to boot camp." As an E3, 17 that, years old. That's a big deal for y'all who didn't know. Yeah. E3 is, like is double the pay there. almost. Oh, private <laughs> first class. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. For a 17 year old coming back from from boot from the summer with, with a fat stack in my bank, I was like, I was the man. <laughs> Yo, because well, yeah, you were in high school. You go to boot camp. You come back. You still finish your senior year, right? You were probably yeah. thinking, "Man, I'm the man, dude." Oh yeah, yeah my ego got the best of me then. <laughs> Talk about I would do that. Like I walked like my shit didn't stink, bro. Like <laughs> oh yeah, and I kind of regret that now. You know, I could have been more, um, more kind and more more of a role model to to some of my peers in high school, and and that's some of the things that I look back now and I have I have regret, but then I think things happen for a reason. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I can't really dwell on it anymore. Uh, but I like to talk about it, and if I meet someone from my high school or I run into somebody, I definitely try to apologize for for being a bully in a sense. And um, definitely, definitely not cool. <laughs> well, I think that's a lot of us looking back at high school, bro. Like, there's a lot of stuff I wish I hadn't done. Yeah, dude. That, but that's the time to make those stupid decisions. Like, I'm not going to make those stupid decisions now. I'd be a fool, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We learn from it, right? We grow up, I guess, the, the mature. But I did um, I did it for, for the school. And I ended up going to college after I came back from AIT and not liking it. And um, I was looking for deployments. So, you know, my recruiter lied to my parents so they can let me <laughs> up. They're like, yeah, National Guard hardly ever deploys. And I was like, and then I, I come back and I was like, bro, we deploy more than active duty. What? <laughs> Yo, yeah. Oh, and what do they say? The two week or one weekend a month and two weeks in the summertime? Two weeks out of the year and one week in a month. Uh, but then you can get ADOS orders, you can get AGR, you can get Title Tens. Uh, there's so much money just being thrown out there. And it's like for, for someone, I was 18 years old trying to get all these uh, Title Tens or ADOS or any sort of, sort of extra money. And uh, I would go to these active duty bases and they were like, bro, why do you have a nice car? Like, <laughs> you're, you're 18. I was like, bro, it's because they pay me BAH, BAS, and my old job was paying me too. <laughs> I was like, yeah. it's been everywhere. And that's something that some people don't understand is like, my, like, what sets National Guard and, and other things aside? It's, I guess we get, I don't say we get paid a little bit more, but the money was nice. It, it wasn't lack of money, that's for sure. <laughs> what'd, you, uh, what'd you enlist for? What was your MOS? What'd you do? So I actually enlisted as a 91 Bravo wheel mechanic. Um, went to, I actually went, I was originally going for um, infantry. And got switched last minute. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Woo. Yeah, dodge the bullet there. You're a few. <laughs> Yo. 
at least fucking 10, bro. Holy moly. Oh, um, man. I, I, I did uh, I did boot camp in Fort Benning, Georgia. Um, All right. Guys, so everybody that I went to boot camp was going to infantry. And uh, they're like, hey, why, why, is, why is Lumbrera going back home? I was like, bro, I'm 17. I got to go back to school. <laughs> bro, I didn't even know that the National Guard existed until I was in fucking basic training. Yeah. They're like, oh, I only do a weekend a month. I'm like, bro, I had that option. <laughs> 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 Where was this when I was signing my contract, dude? Um, <laughs> it's it's best kept secret, man. <laughs> no yeah. kidding. They do a great job. <laughs> they do, don't they? And um, so I did. Uh, I did that. Came back, finished my senior year. Uh, had some issues because I was working full time as well, and uh, I was always late to classes. And I was like, I don't. I don't need to go to school. Like I'm. I'm done. I, like my mind was already tuned out. Like I was already living that next step. And so mm. me and my principal, my assistant principal, would just clash all the time, to the point where he made me graduate early. So I graduated in November of 2013. Um, and then I, I, I started working more and uh, until I got my orders to go back to AIT. And so went to AIT, did all the good stuff, uh, recovery school in Fort Lee, wheel mechanic school, all the, all the HUA stuff. It was fun. Yeah. So, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, kind of miss it. Kind of don't. Um, yeah, oh, I don't miss that shit. Dude, I was so bro. stupid in AIT. I was just oh, as bad as AIT as I was in fucking high school. I would kill to see you in AIT, bro. Dude, I was so <laughs> damn bad, dude, so bad. We got. I, I might have to get a buddy from AIT on here to talk about it. How long was your AIT, Carlos? Oh, man, I can't remember. It was like, a good time, like two, three months, <laughs> maybe two months. I don't know if it's different because ours was like four and a half to five. Yeah. Like dude, if it'd be like different, but they made that shit miserable, bro. They did a great job of making it suck when it didn't need to. I will say. I think it was 11 weeks, 11 or 12 weeks. So probably three months, three or four. Yeah. But not, I, not bad. Not bad. It wasn't too bad. Um, I come back. I was working jobs here and there. Um, Got hit by a drunk driver, tore up my knee, had no. surgery, oh. got a good payout. Got good payout, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, bro. So, yeah. Then I got me a brand new F-150 like every young dumb fuck. <laughs> oh, bro, left it, turbo, like the, the whole nine yards. Pulling uh, <laughs> up the first formation in, that, in the F-150. Load it out. Just rolling up to, to the armory. In a tricked-out truck at, like, 19 years old, people were like, dude, this guy does drugs. Yeah. yeah. This I'm guy's like, Mexican. He's in the cartel, bro. <laughs> yeah. like, nah, bro. It's just – I just got an attorney, man. <laughs> <laughs> Play my cards right, dude. Yeah, you kind of have Holy to. Man. You have to. And uh, so I ended up getting on a deployment to Kuwait. Not really deployment, so um, it was more of a like a vacation overseas. And then I got the opportunity to go to Iraq, and I was like, okay, sign me up for that too. Like I'm all in. I had to pay. I don't have to like okay. And so I was a E4 at the time, but I wasn't married. Had BAS, BAH, because I was guard. 
and then you get the hazard pay tax free. Um, oh, I got scammed. Bro, what the <laughs> heck? What? I got, scammed, I, I got into a marriage to get BAH. This dude just had to join the guard instead. Yo, yo, what yo, hell? what on earth, bro? How do you get BAH in the guard being single? It's just one of those things. It's like they take you away from home. I still have like so like for National Guard, you have to have I have an apartment or I had a rent to pay. So they can't just tell me, hey, you got to sell your apartment or because it's not we're not active duty. Um, so they're, oh, they're they had to give us that money to keep up with our mortgages or our rent or whatever we had. And. I was just like, okay, like I gotta pay my parents' rent. I yeah. have felt I have felt swindled before on this podcast, and I feel pretty. No, this is by far the most swindled I fucking feel. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I feel pretty. I had no idea about any of this. He, my recruiter straight up said, "You don't want to do National Guard," <laughs> and that was the <laughs> end of it. Fucking sign me up then. Like, I feel pretty <laughs> swindled right now. I'm not gonna oh lie. my god. <laughs> I can't believe I done this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got got, bro. Man, bro. Yeah, but it's okay. All, all the recruiters lied, man. They lied to me. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's a tough job, though, bro. I will say that is a tough job. Not excusing that behavior, but like, if you're in a low, a low enlistment area, dude, you're getting bent yeah, over. Yeah. Well, big facts, man. And so I uh, actually ended up tearing up my knees again. Uh, while I was deployed in Iraq and Kuwait, uh, came back instead of going home, they're like, Hey, we, you got to get surgery. You got to get treatment for your knees. I had a MCL meniscus was totally gone. And, uh, I had a herniated disc on my lower back and, um, oh yeah. So you were Um, messed up then. uh, I was, I was, I was was messed up. (laughs) 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 <laughs> okay okay and um so i ended up de- demobilizing out of fort bliss um they're like you're gonna be in the wtu i was like what is that and i wore a precision battalion or unit and i was like well can i get transferred out to carson it's closer to home they're like yeah but you live in texas i was like yeah you people don't understand that from el paso to where i live that's still about 12 hour drive <laughs> From Fort Carson to where I used to live was a five-hour drive. Okay, I've been to El Paso. That shit is basically Mexico. <laughs> You're not lying, man. Oh, man. Dude, when I first got back, the amount of strip clubs I visited no. like I regret it now because it was just like throwing my money away for nothing. Yeah, and if I can tell anybody coming back from a deployment, it's like stay away from strip clubs and stay away from tattoo shops. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's in the SOP, bro. Yeah. Like that's the worst, man. You know, you know, with stupid shit like this. <laughs> uh, dude, I yeah. got a fucking Harry Potter tattoo. My fifth deployment. Yeah. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Yeah, I think we all got to go through. I guess it's like a, what do we call it, a canon event? <laughs> yeah, bro. If you don't have a dumb tattoo from a deployment, bro, did you really go on deployment? <laughs> facts, facts. It's <laughs> <in here. laughs> Jeff's laughing because you don't have a dumb tattoo, bro. No, I got a tattoo with, that I paid for in dog food. <laughs> 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 like, 
That's pretty fucking dumb. <laughs> Never mind. That counts. Never mind. No, no I, I think barracks tattoos are the worst. I got a few of those. <laughs> yeah. Oh, word. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> if we were in the bees, we'd probably have some more of you. Oh. <laughs> I get those yeah. teardrops on my eyes or some shit. <laughs> They're in reg. Sorry, reg don't say I can't do it. Shit. <laughs> but yeah man so i ended up going to uh to the wtu in fort carson i ended up i started drinking up heavily because they're like hey we're gonna mint board you out and in my mind i was like man i thought i was gonna do this for life like i i, I took a taste of it i i loved it i wanted to just keep going i wanted to keep deploying i wanted yep. to keep stacking up that money um and all of us blue they're like hey you're you're broken like we don't, we don't fucking eat you bro like look out of my army i was like okay uh, and so i lost my purpose i lost my my spark i lost that thing that that i thought i was going to do for the rest of my life i i was lost and uh alcohol found me well, i found alcohol and uh it made all the worries go away but it gave you more troubles. Um, started hanging out with, with some good people. I'm not going to say they're awful, uh, but they definitely didn't have my best interests at heart either. So I, uh, one of the guys in the WTU gets a seizure, falls down, cracks his head open, and, and dies. Um, what? And um, an investigation's launched. At the time, I was drinking heavily, and I was uh, just—I was just a loose cannon. I had one of my buddies at the WTU that was about to leave. He, fin he finalized the met board process, so I bought gummies, THC gummies, in Colorado as a oh gift. Oh my god! <laughs> and um, so that was one of the charges that CID tried to put on me. CID is the Criminal Investigation Department of the Army. Um, since that guy passed away, rest in peace. His name was Aaron. Uh, I love that guy, man. He, he was, he was great. And, uh, to this day, I, I, I feel like it was my fault for not being there for him more and for just checking up on him more often. Um, so that, that kind of feels like it was my fault and everything happened for a reason. And the whole whole instance um, was pretty sloppy. Um, they, they try to make an example out of somebody um, in the unit. You know how that goes. They gotta they gotta hang someone to dry, and that was me. I was that guy that got away with everything. <laughs> never showed up to formation. Um, never got in trouble because I was cool with everybody even my uh platoon sergeant to my squat leader everybody respected me and um let me get away with stuff that i should have gotten away with <laughs> and God. um i got crucified yeah you know, in a sense yeah that's um, a, the tough part about the army like for y'all don't know the army will ignore rules for years on end they won't when i first got to the to the regiment right they did not drug test our company for like three years and then they did one and like eight people got positive for weed and cocaine and so then they moved to make an example out of it or out of those people but then it's like okay for those people 
they were just the ones that got caught. They knew other people were doing it. Mm-hmm. It's not like these shits just fall from the sky, you know. Other people are doing it. They're just the ones that got caught, and now they got to get made an example of. Yeah, and, and that's it's sad, man. It, it destroys people's lives. It just, it, it's uh, it's pushed people to commit suicide too, mm-hmm. because they're 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 in the wrong place, wrong uniform, and wrong time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it's it's uh, it happens, man. Um, so I ended up. Uh, they also caught me giving away my my medication. So I had eight, I was diagnosed with ADHD too, at the end, and I had Ritalin. And uh, I had a friend that was like, "Hey, I have a college test coming up. Can I have one?" And my dumbest was like, "Hey, they're in my truck. If you take one, I don't know about it." Yeah, and, uh, he ended up uh, turning me in for it too. <laughs> the fuck? No, bro, stop it! No. Come I on, would, bro. I'm telling you, if I found, bro, if that if that happened to me, man, shit. Oh, oh man. I can't God. say what I do on YouTube, bro. But. Yeah, and then uh, and in that in that same group, there was uh, I hung out with some females. They had they had like uh, hardcore drugs, man. I'm talking like painkillers that are like uh, morphine. Right, and they got a slap on the hand. They got Article 15s. They did a special court martial for me, and um, I was—I didn't know better. Um, I thought, you know, like maybe the judge won't take it as hard on me because the other people involved in the same group of friends didn't get hammered as I did. Right, like they didn't get in trouble. Like what they were doing or whatever was in my mind, I thought it was worse than what I did. Yeah. And I guess the judge didn't see it that way. And and that gave me a bad kind of discharge. Um and then with that time I I was in a relationship with this Air Force chick down the street at Peter. Hey. Hey, um, hey, hats off to you, bro. Shout out to the Air Force chicks. <laughs> Security forces, man. Yes, <laughs> sir. Yes, sir. And uh, she ended up having a kid, not mine. <laughs> not mine. Um, crazy story, man. Like, brother, um, no, this isn't real, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so I was with her for two years. I helped her raise her daughter from newborn till two years old. Oh, uh, dad wasn't in the picture. So I kind of stepped up, but when I got that, uh, um, when I got that BCD, it made made life hell. It really did. It uh, no benefits. I had over eighteen different things that I was going to claim through the VA. Um, I was definitely going to be a hundred percent VA disability. Um, everything just got taken away from me. Uh, PTSD diagnosis, uh, depression, substance abuse, sleep apnea, my knees, my back, uh, like you, you name it. It, it was, it's on my, it was on my files. I still have those medical records waiting for, for the day that I can switch my, my, um, discharge. You, you don't get disability at all. Not with a bad kind of discharge. You lose, you lose everything. What the fuck? That I'm sorry. I'm sorry, dude. No, I'm actually glad. I even I even did 21 days in county. 
Oh, <laughs> oh what the fuck? Okay, dude, okay, bro. dude. No, come you on. Just that. <laughs> Are you real? <laughs> I'm serious, man. They they gave me 21 days of confinement, a bad kind of discharge, no benefits, um, no back pay, and I had to uh, get out. Like I had to leave post with no pay. So I was in a hurry to get the heck out of Fort Carson because I wasn't getting paid. So. A lot of that gear, they didn't ask for it. And the gear that they asked for, I was like, come get it. Like, I don't have money to give it to you guys. Like, like my car unit was like, hey, where's your rucksack? Where's this? Where's that? I was like, it's right. It's at my parents. You can come get it. (laughs) Like, but I can't. I I don't have the money. I I was, I lost my truck. I lost my cars. Um, I was in almost, I was living on credit cards to the point where I couldn't even pay those back. And um, I was still with uh, Air Force Chick at the time. So I actually moved in with her, thank God. Um, and then um, I was working two full-time jobs. I was working as a um, service technician out of a Chevrolet dealership in Colorado Springs. Oh. And at night, I would stock shelves at Walmart. And right. just wow. to get <laughs> With all my injuries and everything, I turned to marijuana. Yeah. I couldn't buy, I couldn't see a doctor. I couldn't play the the I'm broken card. It was the pull yourself up by the bootstraps and just fucking go. And I mean, I, you're out the army at that point, right? Like you're not getting drug tested or anything? No, nah, I was oh. they, they had kicked me out. They're like, you're out, bro. <laughs> like, like that like, is such an army thing to do, though, bro. Yeah. Like see ya. They, Good luck. They won't give you any other option but to drink yourself to death. Mm-hmm. And then when you find another option, it's, oh, it, well, fuck, dude, there's the door. Well, I was drinking a fifth of bottle of, uh, of uh, whiskey at night before I got kicked out. Uh, when I went to, what was that? A fifth? Oh, yeah. Oh, bro. Sometimes, so I would buy handles, and it would last me two, three days at most. God damn it, dude. I'm sorry. So I, I was yeah, literally kicking myself to death. I was, uh, I w- it was bad. It was, everything's foggy. Um, can't really remember much of, of those days. And I remember going going uh, into confinement and telling God, hey, man, I'm going to sober up. I'm going to, I'm going to do things differently. Like, like this is not meant for me. Like, I never want to step foot in a jail. I never want to be in trouble with the law again. Like I'm, I'm, I'm setting myself straight. And, um, I even got my medical card just so I can be in <laughs> lawful. Right. Yeah. yeah. Sir. Straight and arrow. And, uh, that was, that was my go-to man for, for about three, four, maybe three years. I was heavy smoker. Yeah. I mean, yeah. wake up lunch, it don't yeah. help being in the springs either, man. There's a lot of dispensaries down there. Dude, yeah. I lived near maybe I had 10 dispensaries in a 20-mile radius of me. Oh, my God. Maybe even more. But I knew every single one of them. I knew which one I had the deals because I was balling on a budget. I was doing <laughs> jobs, man. Yeah. Uh, I was driving a 2003 Chevy Avail, bright yellow. Oh, it was man like like i think back to those days and i feel like i've i've, I've come up in life a little bit <laughs> yeah congrats man no because 
that's how I started too, man. It was uh we I was still in the army. I was doing the med board in the army. I was lucky enough not to go to a transition battalion. Still at work. They just said don't come in. <laughs> just had gotten a new car. It was a 2016, was painted off, had a had a manual, and my clutch broke like two months in. Like right away. Yeah, and, and then like two months before I got the news I was getting out, I was getting divorced. So I was just fucking hurting, dude. Like all it's around like, the board. Life just like it's like it's like life just keeps, you know, effing you and you forget the safe word. Yeah. <laughs> Swear yeah. to God, dude. Oh my god. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, this is brutal. Then Kevin finally, I, I never I grew up south suburbs of Chicago, never did or smoked weed at all. And Kevin was finally was like, dude, I got something for you. Like if if you don't want it, just shoot it right back at me and we won't talk about it ever again. Yo, cause, cause this was a 2016 Jetta. This wasn't like an, an old Civic or something. This was going to cost thousands to get the clutch replaced. And I I had started doing CBD to get out of alcohol. That worked. And then, like, CBD, the market's not regulated. So I took, like, a Walmart piss test, piss hot. And I'm like, well, fuck this, dude. I'm just going to make a plan. So I got a plan to where if I got drug tested, I'd pass it. And I'm going up to Illinois to buy weed. And, um, yeah, no, Trevor was just hurting, man. I'm like, I was debating the whole car ride over. I'm like, should I offer it to him or not? You know, but that was after all, like I found out about the divorce shit and I'm like, I can't see Trev throwing this back in my face, bro. No, no. Like, you know I mean? We're on worst case scenario, bro. I'm going to think you're going to rat to the commander or something. I'm like, yeah. is he going to rat after I fucking did that for him? No, I don't think so. And yeah. I'm like, if you, if you don't want this, bro, throw it right back at me and I'll just fucking forget about it. But I had some great shit from Chicago, his hometown, bro. Yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> and that's what, like you said, that that was the easiest transition. You tra- I was drinking alcohol. I was probably doing like half a bottle a night. Oh, my God, dude. It was bad. Yeah, it, it was tough. And then I got home from overseas, and I was doing, uh, what is the, fuck, what is it? What? To get into, to become a sergeant, what's the school you have to go oh, to? Uh, BLC. Oh, BLC. Yeah, BLC. Yeah, I was doing BLC online. So I just got back from deployment, was doing BLC online, bro, like drinking shit during class in like a fucking one of these, like just like sitting there just like this on a fucking webcam. Just let me just get some water real quick. Hum that I'm the dog. Man, I'm thirsty. That was me during the the WTV period that I was in there, right? Mm. I was in there for maybe a year and a half. And uh, during that whole time, I used to carry this, uh, like, a Yeti whiskey. Straight up, yeah. something, straight up whiskey, man. It was Bro, like- but I, I could see the path he was going down because it was the same one that I was going down. <laughs> where you can feel your liver hurting, bro. Like, that's when you know you have a problem. And I had been there before, and I stopped. And I'm like, okay, Trevor, he's going to go down this. He's got two routes. One is just to keep drinking. And one is if maybe I intervene, maybe help some. Yeah. And well, I guess so the I, third one is just dying. Yeah. And I smoked weed for probably two and a half years consistently every day. I finally ended up getting a job recently at Home Depot. So I stopped. But um, yeah, man, it saved saved my life for sure. Because I was 
I mean, we were doing stupid shit, drinking, driving. Oh my doing, god, we were doing dude. dumb shit. The every dumbest week. shit. The amount of times I I I, I should have been dead. That's yeah. all I can think of, man. Is like why I don't even remember getting in my car. Nothing, yeah. even less getting back to the barracks, bro. Like how 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 do even I get past the gate? <laughs> like yeah. Like some of these questions were like just astonishing. Like, like that, and that that's giving me that more like believing in a higher power. Like mm-hmm. it's not my time to go. It wasn't my time to to get in trouble, right? And so he kept like I kept letting myself get away with this stuff until I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, until he finally <laughs> caught up to you. Yeah, until it caught up to me, and I should have seen the signs that I needed to stop. But I I was too too depressed man i was too in the hole financially physically spiritually yeah you know, all the all, all the things man like I, I i used to pray not to wake up i used to pray like please just just let this end like i'm tired like like i just didn't want to wake up and and i would wake up and i'd go straight to the bottle yeah go straight really? to drinking. it was uh wake up, drink, wake, go to sleep drinking. And when I got out and uh, got my confinement and everything, I started to slowly sober up. I couldn't just let it go because the withdrawals were, they were tough. Yeah. Oh, bro. I remember like you get those, those sweats at night and then the shakes, bro. That's the worst. When you, you stop drinking like alcohol and benzos are the two drugs that can kill you if you just withdraw cold turkey, right? You stop yeah. drinking and you're like fucking fiending like a crackhead, bro. Bro, it's crazy, man. I never I never thought I was to that point. I never thought I had a problem. Right. I think that's, that's the problem is when you're, you're thinking you're fine and you think you, you can just keep going, but everybody around you is saying otherwise. You just ignore well, them. it's so damn normal. Like the, to get home from deployment and chug a bottle, that's like the normal thing to do. When you get off work, we had beers in our fridge at work for when oh we were done God, with work. Bro. And we'd sit around and drink, play a game, drink, and then we all go home to our families. Like it's, It was so normalized. Like that's the thing to do. And then, I mean, it caught up to a couple people and finally had to be like, all right, this, I mean, this is getting out of hand. We got to, we got to, as a team, tackle this problem because this Shit, is too bro. brutal. You know what caught up to me, bro, was my wife saying, okay, if you leave at the butt crack of dawn, you're not getting home till 6, 630 at night. And when you get home, you're already drunk. Like, I'm not interacting with with you when you're sober at all. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until she said that that I'm like, fuck, dude, she's absolutely right. (laughs) Because, like, I didn't think about that at all. But, like, she forced telling me, like, I'm only fucking, I'm only... I'm always always drunk when I'm talking to her. And that's, like that's, I that's never thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think I, I still struggle with substances. So now it's like I don't want to take anything. I want everything to be natural. I uh I, I realize how my mind and my my myself works, right? I get a little hit and I'm looking for it for, for the rest of the day or the oh. rest of the week. Like, um, I have a very addictive personality and I always said I wasn't going to be like my dad, my biological dad. And I ended up being just like him. But yeah. Can, I, <laughs> can yeah. I ask when you realized or knew that you had an, an addictive personality? When I lost my benefits. 
Yeah. <laughs> that uh, was my okay. wake-up call was, uh, like, dumbass, you did seven and a half years in the military and you get out with nothing? Like, you put in all this sweat, blood, and work into this organization and you're walking away with zip, not a, not a penny, mm-hmm. man. Like, that was a wake-up call. And I'm glad it happened. I'm, I'm hands down to this day. People say that's the worst thing that's ever happened to you. I was like, no, that's the best thing that's ever happened to me because I'm alive because I didn't drink myself to death because I got that wake up call. I'm yeah. alive because something so drastic had to happen in my life in order for me to snap out of it. And now yeah. I'm more aware and more resilient, resilient because of it as well. Yeah, I'm I'm the same way with my divorce. At the beginning, it was tough, but then like I was gonna, I got a text from my brother saying, "Dude, me and me and all my friends, we just don't know how you're doing it. This is unbelievable. Like, sorry you're going through that, but I mean, you seem great. You're looking good. Congrats!" And I said, "Dude, this, I to this day, it's still one of one of the best things to ever happen to me. I it it grew me up real fast. Like I had no choice but to recognize what life was." And to grow up and grow out of it. Yeah, that's sometimes we need that reality check in a sense. Yeah. And and I pray that nobody gets a bad reality check that they can't come back from. Right. Because you know, sometimes people people don't see a way out. And that's when things get really dark. But it, I'm I'm here to tell you there's always a way out. There's always a tomorrow. You just gotta keep fighting for it. Now how how do you go about changing your discharge? Do you have to go through the VA, talk talk to the regional guy or something like that? So right now I actually paid an attorney. Um, okay. So okay. he helped me get the paperwork and the process going. It's been almost a year. I haven't heard back from the VA. Um, <laughs> Sounds about right. Okay. But, uh, I guess it's a military discharge board. Uh, they look at your case. They look at everything you did. They look at your charges. And they say yes or no. And uh, part of me is like, it's okay to say no. But the other part of me is like, man, I would love the opportunity to get my benefits back and go back to school. I would love the opportunity to have the the, the resources to start my own business. Uh, I would love to have that, that support from the military aspect of it that I don't right now. Um, but at the same time, it's like, okay, and they don't, I just keep pushing. I keep with my plan. Um, yeah, what's your plan? You want to go into that real quick? Yeah, so, <laughs> so long story short, man, I uh, did the two years. Well, not long story short. It's just long story. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I did the seven years. I got out. Um, I went to car I, I went to car sales. So I, I kept asking the managers, hey, is there anything else I can do to make more money? I need to make more money. I'm not making enough to even have an apartment. I'm not making enough for a car payment. Like I went from making all this money to making nothing. Mm-hmm. And um, that for me, I went into sales pretty strong. I I focused all my time and effort into the sales process, into learning psychology, into learning what makes a good salesman. I, I, I did my almost four years of just sales. Like I, I felt like I put myself through sales school on my own yeah. with YouTube, man, YouTube, bro. They have some great resources on YouTube uh, regarding sales, 
uh, podcasts about sales, anything sales, I was consuming it. Right. And that's where you guys were talking about how you got, you can use social media as a tool, right? You, you, you look up stuff to feed your mind in a positive way, in a constructive way. And that's what, that's what I did for, for a long time. It was like, what, what can I learn? What, how can I make money? And uh, working at the dealership, I see these sales guys just making 10 grand a month, bro. Selling cars. I was like, you guys do what and make how much? Yeah. And so uh, I started asking around. I was like, hey, what, what, can I move from service to sales? And they're like, well, what, what, what makes you think you can do that? <laughs> <laughs> what gives you the right? Exactly. So I just kept asking. And they're like, hey, maybe go down to this other store because you're bilingual. So I speak fluent Spanish. Okay. I can read it, write it. Um, and it's just one of those things that that you know, growing in a Hispanic family, you got you have to know. Yeah. And so uh, that gave me the the leverage to go down to the other store where they have more of a Hispanic clientele to be into sales. And they let me into sales. Um, I was doing great until I wasn't. <laughs> yeah. So COVID. In Colorado, Yo. you have to apply for your car sales license. And my discharge showed off in the Federal Bureau Investigation Database. Bro, get the fuck out of here, bro. And I can they, already see where this is going. And they're like, well, you can't sell cars. But you have they, to have a license to sell cars, bro? Yes. That's some Colorado shit, bro. That's, that's where I'm from. I don't know if you can tell from my Rockies hat or not, bro. <laughs> but I know Colorado. And that, that that's, bro, too... It's almost too on the nose for that. It's <laughs> so they they suspended my license, and wow. um, I started oh, buying man. cars for the dealership. They're like, "You got a nick for customer service, for customer interaction. Uh, you're a very active listener. You always accomplish the mission in a sense, right?" They're like, "My manager would say, hey, sell this car at this price,' and I'd find a way to do it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yo. Okay. Like, okay. Like. All right. Cool. Like. I need to sell. I need to. This is my my goal for the month, and I've meet it or exceed it. Um. And so they put me. They're like they they didn't want me to walk away because I was such a strong asset for the company that they had me learn how to buy cars for the dealership so we can resell. And so I was uh, working with the manager. Um. I had stopped. Um, drinking at the time so i was just smoking maybe doing some lsd here and there hey, uh, who, who keeps track of that right yeah i'm not, not really don't really want to get into that but uh, <laughs> not gonna lie uh psilocybin saved my life hell uh, yeah man brother dude hats off to awesome. you man you can't can't deny that the the inner work i had to put for it was uh was tough because I, I grew up in a very traumatic childhood, right? My dad was a drug addict. I moved from a country to the United States and I never really fit in. Um, I may have maybe one to two close friends growing up and that was about it. Did you uh, have papers when you came here? So I actually came in a, on a visa. <laughs> no shit. And uh, when, uh, when my mom, we got her, she got her situation and we were in a better financial place. We got our residency card, our green cards, what they call green cards, residency or 
yeah, per, not permanent residence, but then that gave me a social security number. Oh. So I was able to enlist once I got my uh, residency card. Okay. okay. Yeah, because my my wife's uh, her dad got deported, but her mom and her older brother are still here, and that's a big goal of the show. Is once we get enough money to get them papers, bro. That's the only reason I'm asking. It's, it's such a lengthy process for no reason, too. Like it's all about the money, and they can care. They can give two shit less about who you are, as long as you're paying for the paperwork. I think they, they pretty much give it to anybody. In a Come state. on in, yeah. oh bro, we're gonna pay for it, bro. Yeah, like it's not cheap either, man. But like that makes such a world of difference, dude. People don't even realize how much of a difference just having American citizenship means. Yeah. Well, that, that's when I enlisted in the army in the National Guard. I got my U.S. citizenship, so I was a U.S. resident for maybe ten years. And when I enlisted after completing basic training in the AIT, I was able to get my citizenship. Awesome. So, but they made me renounce my Mexican uh, citizenship for the American. But now I'm in the process of applying for both, <laughs> so I'll have my Mexican citizenship All as well. Right. I'm a full citizen, so I'll have uh, I'll start stacking up those passports. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yo, for real. So, That's what I'm trying to do. I'm sorry. What are you doing now? What are you are you selling still? So, what are you? I'm still selling. Um, actually, I, I got a furloughed during COVID from the dealership. So what? in 2020, I got laid off uh, from selling cars and I ended up breaking off my relationship of two plus years. Um, I ended up sleeping in my car for a good time. Uh, and then one of my old buddies was like, Hey man, I called one of my old buddies. I was like, Hey, I don't have anywhere to stay. Are you still in, in Colorado Springs? He's like, yeah. I have an extra room you can rent out until you get back on your feet. It was got sent, man. I found a place to stay. Um, I was with them for a few months till I had enough money to get my own place. Uh, had a lot of fun, had good times getting back on my feet, rebuilding. Um, and uh, COVID really destroyed a lot of things that I had going, but it also gave me a lot more. Um, it gave, uh, I started doing estimates. I started working doing concrete work, flat work. And then they're like, you're a salesman. Why don't you sell the concrete jobs for us? I was like, okay. <laughs> and so I started making good money back then. So let's say you needed your driveway redone, like taken out and re re concrete. I was charging 12, 12 grand for something like that. And I'd make two grand off of one job. <laughs> oh yeah. That's a decent price for doing that work. I can't remember. <laughs> oh, okay. I was going to say, I don't know if that's high or low, but shit, bro. It's expensive. Concrete was pretty expensive. And um, I ended up making good money there, getting back on my feet uh, faster than I thought. Uh, finally got my own place. And then uh, fast forward, I get back in another relationship. Uh, <laughs> I um, don't want to be selling cars anymore. So her dad's friend asked me if I wanted to do painting, if I wanted to estimate and help them sell paint jobs, uh, residential, commercial, interior, exterior paint. Um, and uh, that that really kept me busy. I liked the speed of it. I did that for for a good while. And uh, I thought I was going to start my own concrete company with uh, with a friend. And I had uh, made, I had saved up maybe like 10 grand. 
and my lease was up and my girl was like, Hey, we should move to Florida. Yeah. And I um, <laughs> ended up interviewing for a company down here. And um, I'm not, I can't really talk about the name or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. Cause I ended up um, seeing they were taking advantage of the painters and uh <laughs> I spoke to the painters about stuff. They didn't like that. I did a having a, a breakdown, a mental breakdown. And I asked the my the owner, my boss, for some time off, and I got fired instead. And Whoa, hold on, hold on. Yeah, <laughs> you, you had a, a breakdown and the boss fired you over it. Yeah, I told him I needed some time off. I was going through some mental issues. Um, I asked what this breakdown consisted of. Like, I, 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 it was like a psychosis due to stress, stress and due psychosis. You weren't killing anyone or, you know, damaging property or a bunch of shit. No, I went down into the religious rabbit hole. Okay. Okay. I was preaching. I was saying like, like I just telling people to repent. Like, you know, like I just, mm -hmm. I lost myself for there for a second, um, and I just needed some time off to find some some therapy. And he's like, "Well, no, you can't do that. <laughs> like, you're getting terminated." But also has to do that I messed up, and I was telling some of our subcontractors that they weren't getting paid the right amount that they were getting cheated out of their percentage. And so there, there was a lot to do with it. I, I was to blame as well. Like I take ownership for my mistakes. You know, business is business. It's not my place to tell somebody that they're, <laughs> in a sense, it felt like it was. And uh, they try to withheld my commissions check in exchange for a non-compete agreement. Because in the back of my mind, I was already like, man, I can start a business. I can start a painting business. I can do it better. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I kind of messed up thinking I was better than what I am. <laughs> and uh, they, they withheld my checks and stuff, and I uh, <laughs> ended up getting an attorney. I was like, I'm not signing your non-compete. I'm getting my money, and we're parting ways. And so that's what ended up happening. Uh, but it put me in a really bad financial spot again. And uh, I've actually had uh, trouble staying at a job. It's just, I just haven't found a right fit for the way I operate. I yeah. pick things up rather quickly. I move a little too fast. I see problems and I want to change them. I want to change yeah. this. Who's that, that sound was, like, Trev? Shit. Yeah, uh, here we go. All right, so that was my big problem. I uh, When I moved out of the military, I moved back home with my parents. And I was living with my little brother. He was also here. And to see the mistakes he was making and not tell him, hey, you shouldn't do that was killing me. So I, I would get into arguments with my brother, get into arguments with my parents, because if I saw a problem, I wanted to fix it. And my mom kept telling me, go get a job. I was like, it would be impossible to get a job. Even right now, it's hard because I did all I do. I work at Home Depot. I'm in the garden section. I stock shelves and I help customers. The best there ever was. Amen. Yes, sir. And it is still so hard because and I, I said this on the show before, it, the difference between the army or the military and the outside is there is zero leadership on the outside. In, in the army, it's you have a good leader or you have a bad leader. 
There is no leader. You, they are a leader of some sort. Out here, dude, it could just be anybody doing anything, and they'll be a leader. They don't even know how to talk to people. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. And so when I first showed up, my manager asked me, "What you know? What are your goals? What are you trying to do?" And I told her, "Well, I, I would like full time. I don't need it. I'm going to school now full time, so it's not a big deal. I'm going for my doctorate in psychology. For those who don't know, um, the goal is to help help veterans just get through their problems. Be that VA therapist that they can outsource to, hopefully. Yes, sir. And she asked me, "What do you want to do here?" And I said, I know for a fact, if you gave me two weeks of training on anyone's job in here, I could do it. So my goal here is to take everyone's job. Like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm That's a big fact, bro. That's, we operate at a different level. Mm -hmm. we, we see things other people don't. We pick things up. And like you said, man, there's no real leadership in, in the civilian sector. Unless you work for a military organization or mm -hmm. or a heavy veteran organization, a biker there's gang, no, there's no <laughs> SOPs. There's no standards of operations and procedures. There's no real structure. It's like you you want me to show up and I can get away with doing the bare minimum and still get paid, or I can show up do the best effort I can make and still make the same. Like that's that's yeah, just you know, yeah. easy to me, bro. Dude, I wasn't doing the bare minimum the other day, but my my manager <laughs> came up to me and she asked what I was doing. Like, oh are, you doing are you doing anything in garden today? And I said, oh, psh, garden's done. And that that just at the end of the night, she came to me and was like, "What'd you do?" And in my head, I'm thinking, "All right, in the army, if ever, anyone ever told me this, like, asked me this question, I already didn't do enough, so I already lost." But. <laughs> Secondly, I was thinking, dude, like, like you're going to try. I don't think about anything here. I don't know what the fuck I did today. I just do it because this is mindless work. I show up. I put a box on the shelf. I look at the three numbers. I look up in the overhead. Are the three numbers up there? No. Move on. Good That's all go. I do. That's fucking it. So I don't think about anything I do. And she's like, all right, well, I'm going to hold you accountable. And I, I like look to my left, look to my right. I'm like every every other fucking second. I walk down this aisle. This chick is hiding in the in the bay under the fucking lawnmowers, like just not doing work. One of my coworkers, she's under there. I'm like, you're going to come here and hold me accountable. So the next day I wrote everything I did down, wrote it all down. What, How many people I helped in other departments, how much machine work I did for other people because they don't have their license, how many appliances I sold in dollars. He texted it, bro. It was a list, dude. It was a on top of it, I used military time for the whole thing. <laughs> and she came up to me at the end of the next day after I did all that. And she's like, All right, um, Trevor. And she came walking over to me. I'm like, Hold up. I got something for you. <laughs> like, before you say anything, I got something. Pulled this shit out of my apron, handed it to her. She read through it all. And at the bottom, I put other things accomplished, raise morale all day. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, you raise morale. and gave it back to me. Like, out of everybody in here, I'm the least you have to hold accountable. Like, come on. But there, in, in the, there, there isn't that. In, there's no real leadership. So I wasn't upset because she was that, that was a leader. I was. I'm I'm happy in that environment. Writing what I did down every day or for that day, writing every little thing I did down 
that made me okay. I was okay with that. Most people, they're they're not going to do that. Like I was cool with that. You could hold me accountable, but just so you know, it's I'm all right. I don't need you to do this for me. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's where where I feel like I thrive in that sales environment because if it's commission, oh boy, you you bet your ass I'm I'm going above and beyond because I'm yeah, yeah. moolah baby. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. So, but then I also I get frustrated when there's no um equality right when there's favoritism there's the good old boy system and that that stuff frustrates me like nobody's business yeah um, it's like what whose ass do i have to kiss to get promoted <laughs> like that's what it comes down to is like who do i know like what how how good of buddies am i with that guy that's a, a sales manager or the general manager like like that that for me i just i still can't get down right like i still can't can't do that and um I, i've been struggling uh, i'm actually super grateful now that i'm i'm selling uh shade systems um uh, still learning um it's uh, my second month there and i hope i'm there for a long time but also if i get an offer that's better than that i, I i'm not I don't have a contract anymore. I'm not in the military anymore. Yeah, I can. Yes, I can that, that is around. so huge. Like this, this, hey, the the COVID shit coming back. I'm like, fucking fire me. Like I'm not complying. <laughs> like it doesn't matter. I don't give a shit. It is so. It feels so good to hold the power of your own actions. Because in the military, it's as stupid as it sounds. You don't have the power of what you do. You don't get to decide what you do. They do. But now you're out, and you're like, oh, dude, like. I have it all right here. Like fuck all of you. <laughs> Even that, but it's the 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 sense of like, oh, that that person is gonna pay me better commission rate and a salary. I I'm out. Like, yeah. like, I'm I'm not attached to an organization anymore for life because if I leave, I go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> like like jail, jail, bro. Yeah. You, oh, you, like, you don't show up to work, Jill. You got, <laughs> you yeah, a wall. The whole FBI is looking for you. Like you're a fucking national security threat. <laughs> bro, that shit is straight prison, bro. <laughs> you don't show up to work, bro. Heaven help your ass. <laughs> bro, you know, now, nowadays, it's it's so bad. I got into that mentality that it's like I don't have to stay at a job. I just have to stay long enough that I can learn. I can get the skills that I need to get the better job. And it's like it's uh it's been a roller coaster to say the least. Uh, I've been learning a lot. I've been looking at different structures of businesses. I've been um, keeping an eye on how they run things and what they do to be successful. I'm keeping an eye on their marketing, how their websites are set up. I I, I, I look at everything. I, I look at at, at smallest details, and yep. and then it's it's just. For me, I want to start my own company. I don't know what's going to be in uh, just yet. I know I want to maybe start into the into something small that I can I can put what I've learned to practice and then move it into a bigger scale. Yeah. Well, me and Kevin uh, did websites and marketing and all that shit before this, so. If that shit. ever becomes the case, you you got two people on your side, dude. 
Yes, willing to help you out at every corner because that that's and in in our intro video i watched it today for the first time since we made it and that's what we were saying is like we want to help people pave their own way throughout a lot of people that we have on the show are entrepreneurs and have done it so and that's like the biggest that's what they say is entrepreneurship is the biggest self-improvement journey you could go on because it's it's on you man like you oh, got to do my. that it's like, such so a juxtaposition were, from the military too yeah yeah, and, and that's one of the things is like if I can't if I'm not at peace with the leadership that I'm under, why not have be that leadership that I'm looking for? Why not be the mentor that I'm looking for? Why not be the 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 boss that I wish I could have? Yeah. Right? Like why not? And so things things um I, I take one step forward and I feel like I take two back. But my mind still and my focus is still there that I want to get ahead. I want to I want a piece of the American dream. You know, me not being from the United States, I just can't settle for mediocre. Yeah. And I got to keep I got to keep achieving, man. I, I got to keep proving to people that you can be from a from a different country, come to America and still get a piece of that dream. And And it's just it's just fuel to the fire. It's like. Like what's 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 your excuse? What's their excuse for not doing better? Like like you have all these tools, you have all these opportunities, and you're still stuck in shit. Yeah, bro, you what's would be. Here, it's bro? like it's the people that have never left this country that always complain about it. Have you noticed that? Always. Bro, yeah. They never set foot in another. Not even Hawaii, bitching about how horrible the U.S. is. Like, bro, go go to Iran and try this shit. Yeah, bro. The first <laughs> first step I took in Iraq, I was like, get me the fuck out of here. Like, yeah, I want to go home. They can't even grow anything out there, bro. It's true, man. It's it's tough out there. And even been to other countries, seeing how other people live and seeing how the, the thing that gets me is how people are happy with less. Yeah. Right. You can go to these third world countries and still see people smiling and having a great day. And here we are in, in, in the land of opportunity with Wi-Fi in our house, with air conditioning and still still being miserable for, for all the things that we, we have to our disposal. Like like what what have they done to us, bro? Like what, what do you think they've done to us then as as a foreign born person? I think it's propaganda, uh, social media, and a lot has to do with uh, keeping up with the Johnsons. Um, mm -hmm. Selfishness, man. I think it, it comes from selfishness, right? I feel like America has come become a really greedy country that everybody's out for their own. Nobody wants to set anything up to help everybody out, right? Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, I, 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 I'm... I need more or I want more. I just, I just want to be happy, man. Yeah. <laughs> I just want enough that I can have a really nice sports car, a nice house. And once I, I accomplish that, then I don't need to keep taking. Right. That's when I got to switch over to the giving part. That's right? where me and Kevin are too. Cause we, I mean, we, we hopped on this journey a year and a half ago of trying to figure out how to make all the money in the world online. And then, dude, I don't know what it was after doing it for a couple months. I was just like, man, why do I need all this money, dude? Like, I don't I don't need a fucking Lamborghini or nothing. Like, I don't give a shit. I, I want a McLaren. 
Yeah. Um, okay, he's gonna need some money for that. Yeah, yeah. I want, I want some nice cars, but then after I get what I want, that's that's time to turn it off and to start yeah. giving back. Right? It's like And I don't I, knock you like you got I don't care if anyone has a McLaren, it's just I realized that I'm living at my parents, I'm the happiest I've ever been. <laughs> living at my parents, got a car, got a job, go to school. And I'm the happiest that I've been in a long ass time. I clearly don't need much. I, I could live in my car. I did it for three days. I wasn't happy. I knew I had to change some shit, but I can do it. And that's what kind of the military shows you is in the worst conditions, you could still live and have a good time. In Iraq, those were some of the best fucking times I've ever had. Right there. Dude. You know, like, and, and I didn't have anything. I had a fucking <laughs> laptop that barely had Wi-Fi. I couldn't call home. Like, fucking couldn't buy anything. We're just there soaking up the 115 degree heat. Like, dude, I don't know what it, it is about being deployed and not having to worry about anything. Just staying alive. Yeah, <laughs> Yo, that's what you gotta worry about. Staying alive. <laughs> why? Why is life so much easier when that's all you have to think about? Is like, okay, I gotta stay alive. I gotta show up to formation. I gotta show up to to accountability. I gotta just just go to work and come back and stay alive. Like, that's so simple. Like, life was so – I enjoyed that in a sense. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't have to think about anything else. I didn't have to think about bills. I didn't have to think about, oh, man, like, what, what if this happens? I didn't have to think about any of that. I just have to think about one thing, and that was it. And when you come back, it's like everything just piles back on, and it's like, fuck this. Yeah. Then you get money anyway. You get paid every every month for being in there. They give you everything you need, BAH, everything, and then that gets stripped from you. And you're like, "Fuck, I like I gotta start on my own and do all of this shit after seeing all the shit I saw, after doing all the shit I did. I gotta now go on my own. It's worse for you because I got. I mean, at least I got benefits, but like I, I couldn't imagine. That's everyone. I try to think to myself that there's there's someone worse out there. Like, yeah, my shit sucks, but there's there's millions and millions of situations that are worse than mine. And that that helps me a lot just to get through some shit. Like if if I'm going through the ringer, like if I had a depressed day, it's like, dude, what am I bitching for? I'm alive. Like like you said, I stayed alive today. Fucking check the block. We're good to go. See you tomorrow. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> simple, man. It's just you got to get sometimes get got to get back down to the basics mm -hmm. and that's that's just what what's kept me going like i should have like the amount of times i thought about suicide fucking and, and the times i never did it <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say yeah good thing you're bad at it dude yeah. <laughs> and so for me it's like like i just I gotta get over it, right? Like yeah, part yeah. of me is like, okay, that's that's done with. It's like you gotta move on, but then there's things that happen and set me back on that on that mindset and I have to dig myself out. But I feel like every time I get back in there, it gets easier to get out of it. Every time I feel like it gets a little easier, a little easier. And I'm to the point where if if something wanted me dead i'm still alive for a reason and I, i'm i'm I, I found purpose in life now 
right? My, my purpose in life is to, to help others that are, are down and out, man, like that, like helping customers, even in the sales, like my job, I look at it as a purpose, right? As a salesman, my purpose is to educate my customers to make the best decision for themselves. And if I have the solution to their problem, I'm going to make some money out of it. Yeah. And, but I'm still helping them. I'm not trying to take advantage of anybody. Every solution comes at a price. <laughs> and so that's a great quote right there, man. Shit. And, uh, but if it's a, but then that's one of the things that set me off in the car dealership industry was that I would sell a car and like three weeks later that car blew up. What? Like that, like some of these dealerships, man, they, they, the cars, you can never tell what a car is going to do when you buy a used car. That's, 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 <laughs> bad. you don't know who owned it, how they drove it. You don't know if they, did an oil change or if they have issues with it that even the dealership didn't notice. Yeah. Right. And then I sell, so I talk this product up, like it's the best thing in the world and then it breaks down. Then I feel like the shittiest salesman in the world. Cause I sold a car that broke down. Did people pull up on you after their cars broke down? Oh, dude, no, let me hear it. Let me hear it. No, let me hear it, bro. Uh, <laughs> so I had, a. Uh, or I did a lot of uh, out-of-state deliveries too. Uh, so I actually worked at a dealership here in uh, Florida not too long ago and uh, sold, sold a few cars that would come back uh, and they would have uh, no AC or they found out that the engine had a knock or um, <laughs> the, the ABS lights would turn on after a week or two. Um, just little things that would give me a bad taste, but it's not our fault. It's not the customer's fault or the dealership's fault. It's just things that happen, but mm -hmm. I would take it. I, I take things very personal for no reason. Um, and so I was like, I can't sell a product that I know I can't stand behind. And uh, when someone comes in and they're interested in a piece of shit Kia, it's hard to sell someone. Hey, I drive a Kia, man. They're a good car. Hundred and twenty thousand miles. Yo, yeah, that's a hey, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the part. That's my problem too. Is that I I see what like the the Kias have engine problems, and if you get a Kia with a turbo, good luck. Oh um, yeah, ours is a bare bones forte from 2014, bro. That's that's a good. That's still you're still good there. Yeah. Not a whole lot to break on it. That's why. One of the <laughs> but, and then they have the hundred thousand mile warranty to replace your engine. Like that should be a red flag. <laughs> what what gets me is the lifetime on the transmission fluid. But they'll they'll tell you it's the life. Like you read lifetime and you're like, oh, that's my lifetime. Like it's the lifetime of the transmission. So that thing goes out at 80k, bro. You're you're pretty much screwed. Your toes, yeah. So it's just those things that I didn't like. So I I rather sell service. Uh, like right now I'm selling uh, uh decking canopies, uh retractable awnings, uh stuff like that for the home and commercial stuff. And uh, I know it's something I can stand behind. I know it's some, something that we built here in the United States. We manufacture it in-house, and we have a great insulation team. Um, they've given me that that uh, you know that 
that feel good feeling that I'm selling something that I can stand behind yeah. and yeah. until they don't <laughs> Yo. yeah. and hey, so, go on to the next one, bro. No contract. And that, that's my problem is that I see, I see, I see the holes in the ship, right? They have me in the bottom. I see the holes and, and, and they just, they just have us pulling water out of the ship, right? Instead of plugging the holes and you start plugging the holes and people give you pushback. It's like, no, that shouldn't be that way. Yeah. Right. And by the time you get all the water out of the ship, you're that disgruntled veteran that made things change because he was unhappy and then you won't get any recognition for it. It's a, it's, it's a sense like, it's hard to explain it. Like I see, I see problems. I see things I don't like and um, I take it personal for no reason. And uh, yeah. I'm still working on that. I'm still working on just focusing on what my task is and screw everything yeah. else. And that's that's what is able to get me through. I know exactly what you're talking about because this happens to me every day at Home Depot. That's exactly how I get through is I just don't give a shit. I know I have <laughs> my goal. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I know I have my goal. I know what I'm going for. If I have to work here, I will. If I got to go full time and become a store manager, I can do that. I know I can. I know I'll put out the fires then. But for now let it burn i guess dude like i don't have they're not gonna listen to what i have to say anyways i'm just one another fucking employee that may come or go i'm a part-time employee like i i'm caring too much about a job that doesn't care about me and that's and that's my problem that's your yeah. we're just another cog in the machine man yep that's all we are that's that and, and it's sad because that the military made me realize that yeah you care after you're out Nobody gives yeah. a shit what you did. Like you're just another body out there. That's it. Like, like that. That for me is like mind-boggling. And I've gotten to the mindset where I want my name to live forever. And how do I do that? And it's by making the world a better place. Mm -hmm. yeah, it, it's like what that. That's that's. I guess I have multiple goals in life. Right. I have my mm -hmm. small goals. I have my personal goals. I have my physical goals and then I have a lifelong project. That's my goal. Right. And I feel like all these little goals need to affect my big goal, which is making the world a better place. And so if I can focus and make improvements on myself, on mental little by little, it's going to have an impact on my final end goal. It's almost like my final end project. Right, my project is yeah. to leave this world a better place than what I found it. It's to make a difference, right? I, I don't want to die tomorrow and and feel like I didn't accomplish anything. I I want to I want to go out a hero. <laughs> like I still have that that mindset. I still have that that fire within myself that I want to I want to do something so great that people read about me 20 years from now 30 years from now you know yeah. um i still don't know what that that thing is but i know it's out there and it's obtainable right like what makes us different from 
George Washington, what makes us different from people that made a difference in the world? What makes us different from MLK? Like, Dude, it took me so long to realize that, man. To, that's that's what finally got me on this journey to get a doctorate and become a psychologist. Is like, it took me so long to realize that I can do it. Like, it, it, the people that are doctors, they're no different than me. There's they, if anything, I've done more than they've done already. <laughs> you know, like. It, 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 it's imposter syndrome but for some reason i can't do it the people that are rich are rich because they got lucky i can't do it i suck whatever it is and i'd, I'd be telling myself that and finally when i realized no dude it's this is a goal i can obtain all i got to do is put my eyes on it and that's it, it didn't click until my dad sat me down he said dude i see how you tackle the podcast find something else and go after it you you already do it. You already I see you doing it every time you hop on the podcast. Every time you come and talk to me about the podcast, it's you have that fire and I could see it. Find something else and do it. And I was like, son of a bitch. Like son <laughs> of a bitch. Dude. Why didn't I think of this shit? Like, <laughs> That's crazy, man. Cause for me, it, it's taken me a lot. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Like from losing my little family, right? Of three to sleeping yeah. in my car to not knowing what I was doing to my life, to having this mentality of I want to change the world for, to make it a better place has been has been a big jump. Like, yeah. I, I never thought I could dream this big. Yeah, no, dude, two years like, ago, you should have seen my ass. Man. Oh, like, my God, bro. <laughs> Pray to no, Jay yeah. right now. Bro. Yeah, it, it, I, I'm with you, man, because it's – it's a big jump, but I feel like you almost need to hit that bottom. You almost have to go through that in order to realize, no, dude, this is there's more to this than just what I'm thinking. More to it than suicide, you know. Like there's there's a lot out there I could be doing. I just had, like I said, got to just pick it. Put your eyes, set your eyes on the goal, and go after knock, it. Knock yourself a pro, slick dude. Yeah, <laughs> settle down and go after it. And that's that's true, man. And and for me, it's it's taken a lot. It's taking a lot of my patience too, because mm -hmm. I want everything instant. I want that instant gratification that we've been programmed to have, right? I want I want things to happen now, and the world doesn't work that way. And so I've I've come down to I need to break it down Barney style. <laughs> yep. I gotta I gotta I gotta kiss it. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> yep. And so now it's like just setting small goals for myself. Like, okay, I'm not going to smoke weed or drink today. One more day. Okay. I said, I, I, I accomplished my goal. I didn't smoke or drink today. You know, and tomorrow I'm going to do it again. I'm going to, I'm going to break that goal. And then, before, and then before I know it, it's, it's been almost a little bit over two years, three years without having gotten drunk, drunk. Like I have it, I I still drink here and there, but it hasn't been like, like oh, like I haven't binge drank like I used to, or I haven't not been able to stop hitting the bottle like I used to. It's been uh, eye opening, you know. It's like I don't have it, I don't need it, I don't, I don't, I can have it. One is one and done, two and done. That's it, right? And and even then. I don't feel right about drinking sometimes. It's like, no, I don't I know where this took me last time. I don't want to end up there again. And I like it's it's uh and it's it's hard, man. I don't know how, how veterans I, I don't know how people just 
just live, just raw dog life, bro. <laughs> Dude, my parents, my parents oh, have been doing man. it for years. I don't understand. It's 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 insane to me. It's like I meet people and they're like, "You don't drink, you don't smoke. How do you? What do you do? <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> Shit, do you smoke crack? <laughs> yeah. Like, what's the secret? And I, I've actually uh, I started cycling when I was in the WTB, and that's one of the best hobbies I've gotten because my knees are messed up. My yeah. knees are fucking gone, and uh, cycling cycling's been a really good outlet for me. It's gotten me to the point where I actually rode 400 miles in six days. Uh, and uh, it's a organization's out there for veterans, man. It's called uh, Project Hero, and they they uh, they ride together. The riding groups. It's a great organization, and. Um, they have a good support system. You know, it's uh, instead of drinking, you go cycling. Instead of going and doing something destructive, you can do something constructive for yourself and your in your life. Um, and that's what what I what's helped me out a lot too. It's been uh, being physical, and I fall off the horse, man. I'm just like everybody else. But it's about how I get back up and how I try to just keep going at it. Yeah. That matters, I guess, at the end of the day. Because I've I've gotten depressed. I go into I go through the roller coasters of life. Life's great, life's amazing, I'm making money. I'm depressed, I'm sad, I am reminiscing in the past, and it's like, man, get the fuck out of here. I gotta get back on top. Yeah. And it's yeah, just no, that's, right that's one of the main things. Uh, I'm about to talk to my therapist about because that's that's how I do it too. And my mom even said it a couple of years ago when I first moved home. She's like, it seems like two days you're doing great, then a week you feel like shit, and then two days you're doing great, and then and it's just over and over again, extreme mood swings, and it's it's tough, man. Because I don't know if like I I feel like I'm not normal for it. I feel like I'm a piece of shit for it, and it's. It's just part of life, man. There's no way people don't go through this type of shit in the normal world, you know. I say ride the highs when you got them, bro. Yeah, that's all I can say. Yeah, well, I, I did. Uh, I've been doing a couple therapy with my fiance, and uh, it's been super helpful, insightful. Yeah. Uh, the fucker thinks I might have bipolar, <laughs> so yeah. that's where that's where I'm like, bro, like no, like I'm <laughs> I'm just riding the waves, man. Yeah. Just right in the waves, and, and like you said, it's like not every day is going to be a perfect day. Not every week is going to be a perfect week. But what can I do to get me get myself back on top? Right? Yeah. I need to take care of myself. I need to get motivated. I need to stay physical, and I need to keep writing down my goals. I need to keep. For me, that's been my my number one sword. Is like what I want in life. It's like I just write it out. Just writing things out has helped me tremendously. Just unloading the stuff that weighs me down in my head is just writing it out. Yeah, I got a call from a family member a couple of weeks ago, and he asked, what, what do you wish you would have done during your divorce? And I said, if there's one thing that I could change when I got divorced and when I got uh, medically discharged is I wish, I wish I started journaling. And I wish I started doing it way sooner and doing a lot more because – you write it down, it's out of your mind, man. You don't have to think about it anymore. You got you built up all this crazy shit in your mind. You're thinking so much in your mind. Fucking write it down and let it go. It's it's that simple. And then if you have to come, if it, it triggers in your head again, the next day you go back to what you just wrote yesterday. You get to read how you thought about it yesterday. 
This way you're not wasting all this brain power over and over and over and over again thinking about the same exact thing a million times in a row, man. I just just wish I did it sooner. It's just not one of those things people talk about. It's not one of those just like church. It's you know, they don't teach you that. They don't teach you how to journal. They don't teach you how to pray. They don't teach you how to even read the Bible. Then no one tells you to go read the Bible. I, I had to figure it out on my own after reaching an all time low that it, look, maybe I should fucking read. Like that's 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 the same for me as well. I I never really was one of the churchgoers. I, yeah. I I I knew about it. I learned about it just because my mom pushed me towards it. But the more she pushed me, the more I pushed back on it. Yep. It's like you can't you can't push it onto people like that. It's something that they gotta pick up themselves, right? And, and I don't want to preach or anything, but for me, it's been a great source of peace has been reading the Bible and learning. Um, if anybody feels like their life's over and it's not, you know, there, there is a book out there, you know, that, that teaches us all these stories and parables and they're like lessons. There's lessons in all these stories. And once you live it, you go through it and you read about it. You're like, Oh, that makes sense. I went through something similar. Yeah. <laughs> Or, you know, like the book of Psalms, like David cheated on his wife. <laughs> you know, Solomon had a hundred wives and one of them ended up killing him. So I'm like, bitches will kill you, bro. Like <laughs> that'll happen, man. That'll happen. <laughs> so there's just, and then there's the book of job or the story of job, you know, like yeah. God told the devil, he'll never curse me or anything like that and um take away everything from him and he'll still praise me and he did and then he gave god gave Job everything back tenfold so for me it's like okay if, if i'm losing everything i lost my benefits i lost this i lost that it's because i'm gonna gain something so much greater than that later later on i just gotta work towards it you yeah. know because you know dreams without action are just dreams <clears throat> dreams with action are goals and achievements like for me that's that's where i want to go i want to hit that way and um it doesn't matter what brings me down it's how i get back up like i swear i could lose everything again today and i would rebuild 10 times greater tomorrow yeah just because of what i've been through and the mindset and the resiliency that i've been to i've been able to to adapt to you know like i've been homeless i've lived in my car i've not have stuff to eat but then god always provides yeah. you know like for me it, it maybe won't even be god you didn't even have to put a name on it you know the universe the the it's it's a greater power than ourselves like how can, how else can i explain how low that I've been taken down to and how high I've been put up to, right? Like I, I can't explain it, man. I, I've from driving awesome trucks and sports cars and having crotch rockets to driving a 2004 Chevy Aveo with the, with, with clear <laughs> windows, bro. That thing was so ugly. It was bright yellow, bro. God, but it was manual. Hey, I, but like the, like, hey, there we go. I was kidding, bro. So, you know, like 
I've, I've, I've been through it, man. Like maybe there's people that have been through it worse than I, and I, I'm, I'm glad I'm not, I'm not six foot under though. You yeah. know, but yeah. there's, there's, everybody has a story and it's about how you, you move forward with it. Right. I could be angry. I could be talking shit about the military. I could be talking shit about my employers, but that's not who I am anymore. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm so focused on accomplishing and being a better person every day that I don't have time for that anymore. I still have, I still have doubts in my mind. I still have fears in my mind that I got to work through. And that's, that's all it is. It's just things I got to work through. And tomorrow I'll try again to be a better person to not let fears get the best of me. I guess I feel like 80% of the time we do things based out of fear. If you think about it. Yeah. The fear of the unknown, of not knowing what's going to happen. We do things out of irrationality. And it's about taking a moment and think, is this logical? Is this, is this going to serve me in the future? Because I never thought I was going to make it to 27. I never really thought I was going to make it this far. Like, for me, I thought I was going to be dead by 23. I thought I was going to end up in a body bag by 25. And I live my life with that mentality to the point where I ruin my credit. I ruin a lot of things for myself, man. Not thinking about the future or what would serve me in the future. And that's one of the things I hate, man. I hate that I did that to myself, but it's time to fix it. And that's where I'm at right now. I'm in the rebuilding phase. I really am. I'm rebuilding myself. I'm rebuilding my credit. I'm rebuilding my physical. I'm just in a rebuild phase right now. Well, Trev, Trev went to the bathroom, so you, you good if I send the final question, Trev? I had it written down, bro. Yeah, right. over there, over there in the dark abyss behind you. Yeah, I figured I'd get a light on. <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, how do you not hate yourself for all the dumb shit you did when you were young? That's something I've been struggling with. So. I, <laughs> I, you have to love yourself, man. And that's one of the things I struggle with every day is some days I just want to hate myself and say I'm a piece of shit for everything I've done. I, bro, I, 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 I've screwed over some amazing women in my life, right? I've screwed over many people in my life that I wish I could take back, but I can't. So why do I need to beat myself up for what I've done? Because it's not going to help me change myself and help other people where I'm going tomorrow, right? If I'm still dwelling on the shit that I did yesterday, it's not going to help me move forward on tomorrow. It's not going to help me with my goals. It's not going to help me with myself. Like, I still struggle with that, too. I've, I've man, my credit, that's one of the things I, I, I regret. Like, I screwed I screwed over my credit. I screwed over my finances and I hate myself for it. But if I hate myself for it, I'm not doing anything to fix it today. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, no, it does. Like if I'm, if I'm busy hating myself, I don't have time to do anything else but that. Yeah. So, so why are you wasting your time and energy on something you can't change? Fucking why not? Man. I don't know. Why? Yeah, why? no. 
You're right, though. It doesn't make sense. It's illogical. It doesn't, right? It's, it's illogical. It's irrational. And we're human beings, and we're always going to be irrational, and we're always going to do things out of fear. You're doing things out of fear. You're thinking about that because maybe, I don't know, man, the way I look at it is I did a lot of wrong, and now I have to fix it. And, okay, I, I was a bully in high school. Now I, I've reached out to some of my classmates and I've apologized and asked them if they need anything, if they need any help. And I apologize for not being kind and, and uplifting, right? I've apologized for being a shitbag towards them when all I was trying, well, all they needed was a friend in school. Are they receptive to that? Like they're, they're not like still hateful towards you? It's 50, 50. <laughs> That's fair. You know, so nothing you can do if they are, though. Yeah, there's nothing you can do. But I forgave myself for that, right? Yeah. I try to make a peace on it. If they're not receptive towards it, it's not my fault, right? It's not my fault that they can't accept the apology. It's not like it's not like I, I've, man, I had a few girlfriends growing up while I was in the service that I cheated on them, and if I. And, and that's something that still affects my relationship today because now it's like, I'm not doing it. Well, she must be doing it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right? Like, oh, that's one of the things I struggle myself and I hate myself for it. But then it's like, if I'm hating myself for it, what am I doing to fix it? If I, I've, I've asked for, I've apologized to some of my exes for, for the stuff I've done. Um, I was in a bad spot. I was an alcoholic. I was selfish. I was, I guess, borderline narcissist in a sense. You know, all I cared was about getting mine, and that was it. I wasn't thinking about the future. I wasn't thinking about us. I wasn't thinking about them. I was thinking about me. And I feel like that's that's eighty percent where my self-inflicted issues were because I was only thinking about myself. And I feel like the more I went down that road, the more I, the more harm I did to others and myself. And that's something we got to live with, right? And how do we live with that? It's by forgiving yourself and loving yourself. It's like, yes, I did this wrong, but now I'm a better person. I'm striving to be a better person every day. Yeah, that's, that's the hard part is forgiving yourself, you know. Like, not an overnight thing by any means, I'll say. Yeah, not at all. I still struggle with it. I still got to ask for forgiveness. I still got to repent. I still got to tell myself, what am I doing to right my wrongs, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like I did this wrong. Well, I learned from that. That was a mistake. I don't have to do that again. I don't have to yeah. commit that mistake again. I don't have to do that the same way. And I guess... Yeah. It comes in cycles, right? I feel like life is one big loop, right? It's one big circle. And if you catch yourself doing the same thing over and over again, how do you change that? You know? You can't unless you change it, yeah. You react differently. You, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's just like it makes so much sense, but then it's like it's like – I'm I'm the logical one. Like Trevor's more emotional. I'm more logical. It's it's just it's hard for me to do these types of things. But like you're 100 percent correct. You know, it's like you see a cycle, 
it's every everything for me is a cycle i see everything in a pattern it's like okay this time of the year i feel like this and i do this why why do i do that why do i feel the need to drink this time of the year why do i feel so helpless right and i start thinking and i start asking the right questions in my head and i get solutions or i get answers and it's like okay well if i feel like drinking this time of the year i feel like doing this this time of the year why not go out for a walk instead how do i break that pattern how do i do things differently to the point where i don't even know what i'm doing right like i i, I shock myself you know what ain't the wrong thing though but yeah. I know, I know what. If I keep doing that, I know where that's going to end up at. Mm. I know what that's going to lead up to. And if I can, yeah, you know the it, feeling you're going to get after it. That's the big thing. You can feel when you're doing something wrong, and if you, mm -hmm. you feel that, you change it. But sometimes you 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 have to have a lot of, I guess, self conscious. You got to be more self conscious. Yeah. You got to be aware. You know, I feel like a lot of people are not aware of what cycles they're going through. I know I wasn't, and I still am not. I'm still finding these cycles that I put myself through, right? Like, I started noticing I was changing jobs every four months. And I was like, okay, that, that, that I'm trying to put an end to that now. That's not right. That's not good. I got to at least figure out a way that I can save up enough money before I jump jobs, or I got to figure out a way that I can save enough money to start my own LLC and I got to figure out a way to break that cycle. And I see things in, in a cycle pattern now, right? Like I see things that I do repeatedly and I'm trying to take a different approach to things. And uh, it's been successful sometimes. And sometimes I end up back in the same spot. Yeah. And I try not to be too hard on myself because I know where I come from. I was, Four years ago, three years ago, I was living in a car. Yep. Three years ago, I, I didn't even have a place to stay, you know, and now I have a beautiful home I rent in Florida. And it's been it's been it's, it's been a fun journey, man. It, it really has. And you just got to break the cycles. Like, I don't know what cycles you have. I feel like we all have negative cycles, man. But you just got to you got to figure it out and try to do it differently that's, that's my take wow on. that was shit man god damn bro no no that was like i didn't expect anything but that blew my expectations away man holy shit <laughs> I, I feel like i'm just talking out of my ass sometimes but if it, <laughs> <laughs> like but if it, it works for me it could work for someone else right like yes yeah. I, I guess uh insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. That's insanity. Yeah, just it's just the when when you know you can logically break things down, but there's still something preventing you from doing that. You know, mm. just what gets me. But I mean, we all got our struggles, man. But bro, I call yeah. that I call that the devil, bro. <laughs> it's i i feel for me for me i call that the the ops right yeah the ops yeah bro because it's like what's keeping me from changing that 
right? It's at the end of the day, it's yourself in a sense, right? It's your own. It's like you versus you. And it's, yeah. uh, it's that's, that for me is like, it's me against myself. And if I keep losing to myself, I'm never going to be able to reach my goals. Yeah. Like, like, that for me is like having goals now, getting out of debt, try to build something so I don't have to be stuck working for someone else. That for me is my goal, man. Like for me, having a family, having kids, and being there for my kids is my goal. And I need to be financially free in order to be there for my kids. Yep. That's, I guess that's that's where I keep going back to, man. <clears throat> well, shit, man. Motherfucker. I didn't expect much out of this. Um, it, it, I mean, we. I feel like it's every episode we say this, man. Every single episode. I swear just my mind. to God. I'm dude. very, very thankful for you coming on and reaching out. Like I said, it made it easier for us. If y'all listen and want to be a guest, man, shoot me an email. Shoot me a message. I, um, we're more than happy to have you on. One of my favorite things is listen, <clears throat> listening to another person's brain who's been through the struggle, man, because you're not alone. And that's that, that was the first thing I had to think about was, I'm, I, look, I'm not alone. When I held the gun to my head, I, the first thing when I put it down was, what am I doing? I Like, I'm not the first person to go through this type of shit. What's my, why am I doing this? And just to hear someone else go through it and explain it from their side, different perspective in a way that other people can learn from it and be better from it. It just, that's why we do the show, man. And you, I, I don't know if you've done a podcast before, but you, you nailed this one. You knocked it oh, off. My first one. <laughs> it's my first yeah. S tier, bro. Yeah. Holy and moly. I just, yeah. I want to tell people out there, bro, that there's more to it than just this. You know, there's more to, to life than being miserable and unhappy with themselves. There's more to it, man. You got to find the little things that make life enjoyable. And it has to be constructive because it's too easy to, to be dis- destructive. Yep. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, thank you, Carlos, for coming on, man. Thank you for the listeners. If you're listening, I hope you learned something, man. Um, Carlos, dude, we're going to have to meet up sometime for sure. Cause, uh, oh, for yeah. sure, Trevor, Kevin. Yeah. If you oh, like yeah. right up. North if you're ever in, you ever in Tennessee, bro? Mm. Yeah. I'm planning on it, man. I got to see them smoking mountains change color. Pull yeah. up on us, then, dude. I got you. Yeah, I'd love <laughs> to come out. Yeah, we should schedule something. But again, man, you knocked it out the park. Thank you for everything. We appreciate you coming on, and uh, I hope to see you soon, man. Oh, for sure, Trevor, Kevin. It was a pleasure meeting you guys. Yes. Uh, thank you for having me on. And uh, if you guys have any other questions or need any support, let me know. I'm here to help, man. I'm just nothing but a humble servant. Amen. Hey, bro. Need more of them, dude. Yep. Anyway. We'll catch y'all next time. Thanks for tuning in.